If you could make $7 million in four years by running webinars from the comfort of your own home, would that be something that might interest you? I thought so. Today's episode of the podcast in partnership with Najahi, I talked to the incredible, and I promise you, very, very lovely, John Pemberthy, the king of webinars. Come on, cue the music. Let's get stuck into this one. I interview people that I don't know very well and I get to yep. know on the podcast. It's nice to have you on, John. Thanks, man. So, first time to Dubai. It is. Here I've at loved this event. it. Yeah, what's, it been like, what's it been like for you? Because you, well, you, you like travelling anyway, but... I do, but here's the thing. Because at the minute, my schedule is so busy and I've, my wife's at home and I want to get back to her. So I've literally flown in, flown out for the event. So I'm looking at the, I'm walking to the event and I'm seeing all the big buildings. I think, I want to go and explore. But I haven't had a chance. So it looks like an awesome city. But I haven't actually been able to look around. You'll come back and spend some more time maybe with your wife and get a chance. To Absolutely. Well, I'm back in June, actually, aren't I? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, we'll spend yep. some time doing that. So you've been here at the Najahi Chiching 3.0 event, okay, <clears throat> yeah. which has been phenomenal the last few days. What's it been like speaking to thousands of people like that? been fun it's been real fun you know that the, the the part that i really enjoy is just giving good content and seeing those light bulbs going off you know super fun the energy in the room has been great you've done a phenomenal job rallying the whole crowd everyone <laughs> loves you man so that's been great it's been an awesome crowd you know high energy and uh, obviously les brown other speakers they've been incredible too it's been fun yeah it's been fun hasn't it so you and i met what was it a year and a year and a half was it it must be a little bit longer than that because we met at an event in london and um, I, had, I didn't do it last year, and so I think it was the year before, so it must be two years. Oh, I know the event now. It was not <laughs> at the airport, it was the event that yes, was this it was. year. Yes, it was in the, was it the Grand, I don't know if they were in the hotel, but I know the one yeah. you mean now. Yeah, 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 because you had the guys there that were teaching um, um, other stuff. Get Hannah Lace Swan. That's right, there you go. There it's you go, the young you. girl, yeah? And okay. you sat at the back. Yes, I did, yeah. <laughs> okay, now we I just had it. an argument off camera about <laughs> where he was sat at this event. I know the event now. And you, you know, you kind of like, you really hit a chord with me because the idea of me doing presentations over and over again uh, to audiences, it sounded a bit dull, if I'm really honest with right. you. Um, I went out throughout the Middle East after learning from Andy Harrington, How to Sell One to Many from yep. stage, and it was really a, a great experience. But after going to eight different events in the best part of two weeks, it was like the same thing over and mm. over again. And I'm like, do I have to live my life doing this? If I do, I'm probably gonna go yep. mad. <laughs> So then learning about how webinars works, which is what you're a specialist at, that literally was kind of like, that's the answer. Yeah. That's what it is, you know? And I remember, you know, I'm not typical as one of your students would be where I'd, you know, I pay for the basic course, then upgrade yeah. to the next course. It's like, here's my money, take it all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's get going. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And obviously I'm a, I'm a bit of a technophobe. Yeah. Okay. And so I don't really understand the ins and outs of how all this works, yeah. but you've been really accommodating, teaching me what you did at the time. And I was very, very happy to have spent time with you doing it. Yeah. Is there anything that you can't sell on a webinar? The only thing that you really, well, there's, there's actually two categories of things. One is low ticket physical products. You know, I had one guy out the back there. Uh, he asked me, you know, I've got a Shopify store and I sell little gadgets for like $5 each. You know, can I use a webinar? And I said, well, you don't need one, you know, to sell, to sell a physical item. Because the, the way webinars work and why they work so well is because you have that chance, you have that block of time to educate the audience on you, your brand, your product, what you do, why you're special, why they need it, touch on their pain, like all this stuff can happen in the presentation. You don't need to create all of that to sell a wooden spoon. 
or to sell, you know, a carton of orange juice or a cartoon of orange juice. It's like, <laughs> I spelled it wrong on my slide, called it a cartoon of orange juice. You don't need that. The second category is anything else that is low ticket at the same time. And low ticket being $50, right? Like even if you're selling an, an information course or you've got an ebook or... Yeah, so even in the information space like that, if it's low, low ticket, again, it's the same thing. You don't need that level of indoctrination, right? You could get away with a five-minute video that just sells that on a page. So webinars are, are built and designed for programs and products and services that need a bit of, you know, the audience need educating. They need to be indoctrinated. They need to know who you are, why they should care about you, and what it is that you offer. So, the, so basically, you yeah. everything FMCG. Yeah, behind, yeah. You know, fast moving consumer goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah we don't need those. And then everything else applies. Yep. You've got to educate. Okay, so if you've got to educate people, um, do people spend enough time staring at their phones or their laptops to warrant creating webinars for everybody? You're talking about the person watching the webinar? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, it's two things. We, we actually, we've taken this a few levels deep. Some people just build a webinar and, and that's it. Uh, we actually create a custom experience for people, whether they're on a desktop device, a mobile device. We've, we've tried different things and found a little sweet spot. So for example, your question about, well, people are spending time on their phones. Are they actually going to sit and watch an hour, two hour long you know, presentation? If someone's on a mobile phone, probably not, right? Like, like what's happening here? We're, we're at this event between speakers. We're probably just checking our phones real quick, having a look. I may even have a moment to go and scroll Instagram or Facebook. I might even see an ad in that time and go, well, that looks cool. Register for that webinar. If it was starting right now, or starting in 15 minutes or an hour, I'm not going to go watch that right now because I don't have the time. But what I will do is if I'm on a desktop device and I'm in the office and I'm in the middle of my working day, perhaps if a message really stood out to me, I might sit and watch an hour and a half presentation. So what we do is if someone arrives on our registration page, this is really cool. If someone arrives on our registration page for the webinar and we've detected that they're on a mobile, we will have them schedule for an event that's either later on that day or tomorrow. If we detect that they're on a desktop device, we'll give them an option to watch it right away. So how did you get into this whole <laughs> webinar world in the first place? Where did you start from? Because I remember watching a video of you once on a green screen <laughs> and there was just a green and screen. And the green screen was still there. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, about, tell me about this journey because that didn't make me laugh when I saw it. I mentioned that at the, uh, at the event we were at. You know, I was, trying to, I was trying to up my game, right? It's like, I need a green screen to be able to put all this fun stuff behind me. And then I shot the video and had no idea how to use it. So I just left the green in the background. <laughs> But no, how I got into webinars was, um, well, it's been a bit of a journey, right? Because I, I started online and I started doing uh, affiliate marketing. It was like the, the, the first main thing. Right? How old like, were you? Well, at that point, uh, fresh out of school, try, 16, trying to get something working, a couple of years, no success with little things. So about 18 was when things started to actually work. Um, I started to make some affiliate money. And then by about 19, 20, it's really taken off. So I made my first million by 21, but that was using affiliate marketing. So I hadn't had my own products at that point. So that was fun. And then... What happened was at that point, around about the time where we'd done about a million in sales and it was all promoting someone else's product, that was the point where I thought, I, I want to start teaching this. I want to teach how I've done this because I was using some little strategies with YouTube to be able to do that, to drive traffic and all this kind of stuff. It's strategies that don't really work as well now in 2020, but it did work very well back then. So I packaged up my own little online course. To sell my own online course, I was looking into what's the best way to sell this. And that was around about the time when webinars were really taking off and starting to heat up. And I was like, okay, there's this something to this webinar thing. And I remember putting it off for a year or two, trying to use other sales strategies that just made more sense to me. Didn't sell my courses, right? 
And this, this word webinar just kept coming up and I thought, I better look into this. And that's when I'd already made good money. And so I, I was like you, right? We're very similar in terms of, if we want to learn something, we just go to the top, you know? Like, and and pe people learn this, the more they get into their topic, the more they do something. Like, you know, an online course is not really going to be enough. Going through an ebook, watching YouTube videos. If you want to learn something, you find the best, you go to the top. So I went to people like Russell Brunson and Dave Van Hoos was a guy back in, back in the day. I don't think he's doing webinars now, but he was. Frank Kern, I was just learning from these guys, going to their top tier masterminds and figuring out what they're doing with webinars. And, and that's when it started to roll. I just, for some reason, I just latched onto this idea. Like I was like, okay, there's proof of concept. Everyone's using these webinar thingies. I'm gonna go ahead and try it. First few didn't work. Uh, and then like it just started to click. I just changed a few things in my presentation and it really clicked. Because the first webinar I did was back here on May 14th, 2014 and I, I mentioned it in my presentation and then in that 24-hour period we launched a webinar and we did something like I don't, I'm, I don't want to mis, misquote myself but it was something around 14,000 pounds on that day and it was like here we go double fist bump yeah. moment like well, this is it and then it all evolved from there you must have sat there thinking holy macaroni this yeah, works it worked yeah. yeah this works yeah and it was the fact that I'm just sat at home in a dark dingy dingy room in my bedroom you know just doing this weird webinar thing talking to my screen and then seeing 14,000 pounds coming in I was like oh my word how did you get the confidence I know that putting all the slides <laughs> together is one thing that's a technical part of what you do how did you get the confidence to talk to a camera because I I found it at first quite difficult to talk when I had no audience. Yep. And so, you know, we've got, you've got a seminar, you've got an event, you've got people to talk to. Yep. When you're on a webinar, you're literally talking to the camera. And I remember yeah. doing my first webinar because I did it at your office. Yeah. And you were standing the other side. And you said, like, you were my audience. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got these people that are coming down the, the chat box down yeah. the side. And I'm like, right, okay. And then it's, no, no one's yeah. coming back to you. All I've got no. is you opposite me going, no, no, yeah, well, no. <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept giving you post-it notes, telling you things yeah. to say. I'd write a post-it note, say this, and I'd stick it on the desk in front of you. But how, yeah. do you, how, did, how did you deal with it at first? Was it a difficult yeah. thing? Uh, it, it was, actually. Um, surprisingly, I don't actually have a great deal of confidence in those, in those scenarios. On stage, on webinars, you know, I do get very nervous. And, and on webinars, I got extremely nervous in the beginning. Like, I, I, I actually remember the first ever webinar that I did, and it was with a guy called Mike Long, and we did it together because I was so scared to do one by myself. So he jumped on and said, look, I'll do all the content, the training, the offer. You just come out and introduce the webinar to your audience. I was like, okay, I could do that. <laughs> I could do that, I could, I could introduce. And we went live, and I don't know if you use GoToWebinar. That yeah, was it. Yeah. yeah, so then you have the little robot lady that says, all attendees are in listen-only mode. And as soon as that happened, and they're ready for us to talk, I froze, literally didn't know what to say. And it was actually a situation I hadn't had much in my life before, where I know there's an audience of people waiting to hear my voice, I know that we're live. I can't find any words. I was so nervous. I'm sweating and, you know, my glasses were slipping off my face. There was so much sweat and I didn't know what to do. And then after about 10 awkward seconds, which felt like 10 minutes, Mike just chirped up and went, all right, everyone, it's Mike here. And John looks like he's having some technical difficulties. So I'll jump out and do the presentation. So it started there. And then it was just a case of, all right, did another one, did another. And it's the whole, the whole, you know, story, right? You go again and again and again and again and again. You start before you're ready and you learn from mistakes and, and then, uh, yeah, and then got to a point where I can quite comfortably, in fact, I really, you know, I don't, I used to have to prepare half an hour before a webinar, you know, like sit there and just, you know, <laughs> going through the slides, like trying to, you know, now I, I, I leave it to the last minute. It's like 30 seconds before we're ready to go and I've just arrived home and I go to my office and jump on, you know? I remember, I remember doing my first couple of webinars with you and I realized that spending money on ads was where the spend really was yeah. okay and getting the revenue in to cover the ads so the cost of acquiring a client yeah. became an interesting dynamic to try and understand yeah how much knowledge do you have to have how much expertise do you have to have at being able to buy ads at a relatively low price 
but also ads of the right people for you. Yeah, well, it is it, it is a skill set that needs to be learned just like everything else, right? So there's one skill of building the webinar and learning how to present. Um, and, you know, I don't want to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. You can't just jump on Facebook, press that green button, create ad and, and launch it and hey, presto, it's off. Same with YouTube, same with Google, right? They all You need to learn the platform and understand. But here's the big key. 80% of the results you're going to get from your ads is not about the whiz-bang stuff that is inside of your dashboard. People think, and, and, and by the way, I'm very, very confident on this, is that this year and next year, 2020 is when we're recording this, 21 next year, um, this, this, these are going to be the years where the gimmicks of running ads are not going to work any longer, right? Like the idea that you can create a Facebook campaign because you figured out some wacky loophole in setting up that campaign and now it links to this campaign and then when someone watches a certain amount of that video, then you give them this. And, and if, you, if, if you're relying on the tech as opposed to good creative, which creative just means the video you're putting out, the, the content, right? If you're relying on the techies, that, that, you, you're going to lose. Like this year and next year, you're going to start to lose. The people that are winning are the ones that are good on camera, the ones that are putting up good content, good copywriting. Those are actually the skills that your audience should really focus on in this year, is getting really good at presenting and copywriting, not trying to figure out whiz-bang ad structures. And then coming back to my 80%, 80% of the results you're going to get from the ads is targeting the right people with the right message at the right time. And if you can do those three things and you can do them really well, you can take that skill and you can just learn the Facebook platform and run an ad. Learn the YouTube platform, run an ad. Learn the Google platform, run an ad. Yeah, th those are, that's the skill you need to learn. What's the, better, what's the best ad platform to use? Well, I love YouTube right now. YouTube. You never used to, did you? You used to be a Facebook guy. Well, I did. I used to run a lot of Facebook ads, and that was purely because I avoided YouTube for no reason whatsoever. I just... Just because? Well, it's, yeah, exactly. Just like anything else, right? You just It's outside, out of mind. You're like, oh, I'll get to that. But Facebook's working for me right now. And I'm, I, I like video. You know, I do a lot of these videos. I enjoy it. So I suddenly just thought, I better just... Oh, do you know what it was? It, I think it was... No, no, no. It was the year before. It was the year before the event that you came to. Was Tom Breeze speaking at the, the year you came? You can't remember. No, I can't. No. <laughs> but I got a good friend of mine, Tom Breeze. I don't think he was. I think he spoke the year before. And I had him do a presentation on YouTube ads. And I remember just thinking, like, I've got to pull my finger out. Like, there's something there. And it was actually because of his presentation at my event, I suddenly thought, I need to do this. So I started playing around. And then I was like, this is a little gold mine here. No one's doing this, you know? And at the time, I don't know if it's the same now. It's probably not. But at that time, two years ago, 80% of YouTube ad spend went unsold meaning they've got so much inventory, so many impressions that they could offer. Everyone's crowded on Facebook. And YouTube's going, look, come here, I'll roll out the red carpet for you. I've got tons of space for advertising. So it's cheaper. So, yeah. No-brainer. Yep. In the end, a no-brainer. Yeah. You, where, where does someone like you go? I mean, how old are you now? 27. 27 years, 27 years old. <laughs> I'm nearly double your age. I'm not going to be your dad. You're 27 years old. You've built this really successful business and, and you're focusing on areas that a lot of people aren't. You're doing great work teaching others. Where, where are you going? Where are you heading? Good question. At the minute, and I don't have a plan for how we're going to achieve this just yet, but at, at, at the minute, my, my brands are very much, um, it's me. I'm the brand, right? Um, much like how you have got your podcast here, which is just absolutely blowing up. You get some amazing guests. Um, you know, one of them sat right here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you've got your podcast, you've got your sales training, you've got all this amazing stuff, and that's the Spencer Lodge stuff. And that's the stuff that probably isn't going to be a sellable asset, you know, at this point in time. But you've got your other companies that you don't talk about, but you're very successful behind the scenes. Um, that's the direction I, I know that I want to go and that I would really excite me. Because I've got all this stuff that is John Pemberthy. 
I can't sell these companies and I wouldn't want to. I enjoy it. I've got my content, I've got my programs, but I love the idea of building something from the ground up that I am not the face of. It's, it's a brand that we've built up that at some point we could potentially have acquired. Um, and I'm kind of, at the minute, I'm in this little waiting phase where, you know, I'm not in a hurry. I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but I'm waiting for the right opportunity to do certain things and what I'd like to do. I've had some ideas, but I'm not, you know, so that, that's kind of where I'd like to go. That, that excites me. Um, as much as I like doing content, running webinars, being the face, that stuff's fun, but I know that my skill set can go far wider than that. Um, and, and I'd like to be doing that, you know. But, you know, something that I, I actually need to improve on is that, you know, I hear a lot of people, mentors of mine too, you know, talking about the fact you want to have your five, 10 year plan. I don't have that. I'm, I feel like I'm just plodding along, you know. Every month is the next month. Run some more webinars, run some ads, have some fun, do some speaking. And I'm, I, I'm in a phase right now, I genuinely just enjoying what I'm doing. Um, but uh, I know I probably at some point should look ahead and actually have more of a, a concrete plan. Well, if you need some planning advice, then come, <laughs> and, come and see Uncle Spence. I, I need your consulting <laughs> on that, I really do. I know we're running out of time. Thanks for joining me on the show, mm. mate. I really appreciate it. And when you're back here in June, can we get you back on again? Talk Absolutely. Some more? Maybe oh, give yeah. the audience some more knowledge. Yeah? 100%. All right, chop man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. John Pemberthy, what a guy, okay? It wasn't a long interview, but it was a great interview. He's such a, such a humble and kind and sweet chap, you know? To make as much money as he has out of running webinars and to bring absolute value to so many people, to me, is really, really impressive. A kind guy, a guy that's got so much to give and so much to teach, something we can all, someone we could all learn something from. So do me a big favor, if you don't mind, please, at the end of every podcast, I ask this favor. I really would love you on SoundCloud or Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes, whatever you listen to this podcast on, just to leave me a recommendation. If you could, it would mean the world. If you're on iTunes, you could leave me a five-star rating. I would be so, so grateful. So if you could do that, what happens is by doing that, the algorithm notices it. More people see the podcast. When more people see it, more people get a chance to watch it or listen to it and they get to benefit from the inspiring stories from my audience too so please could you do that for me before you finish all right guys stay tuned for the next episode coming up i'll look forward to seeing you soon